all three of these pillars really are built on the foundation of sustainability. And if you can sustain your fitness and you can sustain all three of these pillars that we're going to talk about today and be consistent with that, that's how you're going to reach your fitness goals. But not only that, that's how you're going to sustain your fitness and just incorporate this into your life. Hello and welcome back to our podcast. Today we are going to talk about the three pillars to a successful workout plan. With this being said, these we're going to talk about each pillar and then we're going to break that down so that you can incorporate these into your day-to-day routine so that you can be successful for your 2024 New Year's resolution. These are three pillars in your workouts that or just in general, your fitness that are non-negotiable. And we'll talk about how to structure them, the importance of each, how to blend each, and really how to incorporate this into a healthy lifestyle. Before we hop into our video, I do want to say that we are doing a special right now where we are doing a free FitGrind beanie with your purchase of $75 or more on FitGrindApparel.com. So if you are interested in leveling up your gym outfit and picking up a new gym fit for the New Year's, and supporting the content and the brand, head over to fitgrindapparel.com. Like I said, if you order $75 or more, you'll get a free FitGrind beanie with your purchase. So if you're interested, go check it out. There's no better way to start the new year than getting some new swag. Oh yeah. Yeah. You got to have new swag in the gym in the new year. So I feel like that just goes hand in hand. Like, okay, I'm ready to reach my new year's goal, but I need to look good by doing it. Oh yeah. Look good. Feel good. Play good. That's right. (laughs) Before hopping into the three pillars, we really want to lay down what we need to do before we jump into those. So by doing that, we need to make sure that it's going to be sustainable. And we talked a little bit about this in our last podcast too, figuring out what your goals are and making sure it's a goal that is sustainable for you. So yeah, I mean, any goal that you set that is extremes just don't work. Any goal that you set that is way out there, and is unrealistic in a given timeline or is something that, you know, maybe is is a really far out there goal, but you're just constantly doing it month after month, year after year. Extremes just really don't work. It it doesn't allow you to, to sustain your fitness. Eventually you're going to get burnt out. It's going to be hard to stick with that. And all three of these pillars really are built on the foundation of sustainability. And if you can sustain your fitness, and you can sustain all three of these pillars that we're going to talk about today and be consistent with that, that's how you're going to reach your fitness goals. But not only that, that's how you're going to sustain your fitness and just incorporate this into your life. So we did want to mention that, that these three pillars are built on the foundation of sustainability. And if you're setting a goal that is, is not sustainable, that's fine. But you have to realize that there has to be a timeline. There has to be a start and an end to that goal. And you can't be burning your wheels year round, month after month, year after year, because eventually you're going to burn out, you're going to get hurt, or you're just going to start to resent your fitness, or there's a lot of things that can happen. So sustainability really is one of those keys. So the reason that we are starting with sustainability is so that we can make sure that we choose the right goal, because once we get to the three pillars and we, we start to get frustrated and we're like, oh my gosh, why is this goal not working? We can always go back and say, okay, was that goal a sustainable goal in my lifestyle? 
So I, I think it's more important to just start with that and ask yourself before setting that goal, is this something that's going to work in my lifestyle? Is this something that's realistic and sustainable for me and my goals? So let's dive into our three pillars. And the first pillar, no surprise, is going to be the exercise portion of your fitness. And you can really break this off into a lot of different different subcategories of this main category of exercise. But this is one of the foundational pieces of fitness is really just incorporating exercise into your your workouts and your life and making that a habit that you continue every single week, every single month, every single year. And everybody's going to have different interests and everybody's going to enjoy different aspects of, of, of exercise. But there are going to be main components of exercise and we're going to talk about those. We're going to talk about the benefits of each, why we, why we exercise, what is really the health benefits and the body composition benefits and, and all those topics. So the main, one of the main categories of subcategories of exercise is going to be strength training and strength training is one of those things that a lot of times get this, gets a stigma of only things. It's the only thing that men do, you know, that men are supposed to strength train because they're supposed to be big and muscular and strong and women should not strength train. But I'm here to tell you that everybody should be strength training no matter what their goal is, no matter what their age is, no matter where they're at in their life, they should be strength training because by doing strength training your program, yes, it's, it's going to help you build strength and build muscle, but it's just going to help you increase your, the amount of muscle mass that you have which is going to increase the amount of calories that you burn at rest, which it's going to increase your, your basal metabolic rate. And it's going to be easier for you to have metabolic flexibility, meaning that it's easier to lose body fat, maintain muscle and maintain your ideal weight. And that's one of the main pillars that you should be strength training in some capacity within your workouts. It doesn't have to be every day. It doesn't have to be this crazy heavy thing, but you should be strength training and you should be focusing on trying to get better from week to week, month to month because that's going to help with increasing muscle mass, increasing bone density, increasing functionality, and it's going to make it easier for you to lose body fat and maintain your ideal weight. There's a couple things I want to touch on as far as the women's side of things. Um, women usually think that when they start lifting, they're going to get big and bulky, and they start getting insecure about people looking at them at the gym and things like that. And you know, in order to get big and bulky, like that takes just as much effort, if not more than it is to lose weight or just getting started in, in the gym in, in general. But, um, I think people think you touch a weight and you're instantly going to blow up or something. <laughs> and <It'd> be great. <laughs> I mean, for men, it would be great. Yes. But they also have more testosterone than women. So they're more likely to gain muscle easier. Um, so I think that's something to, to understand. And I'm not saying for those women who want to get bigger and bulky and, and gain a lot more muscle that it's not possible. Um, but it, it's a lot harder than you may think. So, um, and then as far as people looking at you in the gym and, and feeling like people are judging you, you know, that is something I think as you get older, you start not to care so much. And at the end of the day, all you can do is recognize and remember why you're there and who you're there for. You're not there to be there so that people can comment or, or you're not there for anyone else but yourself. So if you just stay in your own lane, focus on what you're doing 
and feeling good and moving, then that's all that really matters. So I just wanted to highlight that as far as the ladies side of things, but um, strength training overall. Yeah, it's, it's great. Like Jordan said, it's going to help you burn more calories, but also when we're strength training, we want to keep in mind that we don't just jump right into strength training. So if you're new to strength training, that's definitely something that you have to ease into. And then if you're somebody who's been doing strength training for a lot longer, that's something that you can, you know, make changes to your training, you know, add in pause reps, add in, you know, progressive overload and things like that, which we can also get into, but there's just so many different ways that you can implement strength training. Let's go into that. Let's, let's talk specifically about strength training before we move on to the next subcategory of exercise. So what are some tips that you have for people, no matter where they're at with their fitness, whether they're beginners, intermediates, or they're advanced, what are some of the main principles of strength training that you would recommend? What are some things that you think are the most important pieces of strength training? As far as strength training goes, it's the the biggest piece to the puzzle is breaking down body parts. So whether like we talked about, you're new to strength training. I typically would start somebody with either full body or upper body and lower body, but making sure that we're hitting each muscle group because that's obviously going to be essential to, you know, body composition and, um, imbalances and and things like that. But also before we get into strength training, we want to make sure that we test on those things too. So making sure that, you know, if we have injuries or if we have muscle imbalances that we address those things first. Yeah. Um, that's, and this is something that I talk about all the time. Another huge piece of the puzzle when you are strength training and I talk about this on YouTube and Instagram, cause I'm doing a full bulking series right now where I'm trying to build muscle and minimize body fat gain. One of the biggest things that we can do is make sure that we're structuring most of our workout around compound movements, compound exercises. So things like pull-ups or pull-downs, you're doing squats, you're doing lunges, deadlifts, bench presses, all these big compound movements that are going to hit a lot of muscle groups. And that's really going to help you not have to do a million different exercises to train each body part. And then another big thing that we can do, and this is the most foundational thing that you can do with strength training is you have to progressively overload. There's so many people that go into the gym and they're very, very diligent with their routine. They do the same workout, same weights, same reps, and that's great. You're getting good health benefits from that, but you're not ever providing any sort of overload to your muscles and your muscles are never going to get stronger. They're never going to get bigger. So one of the most foundational things that you can do, and I, I, I pound this into people's heads is you have to do just a little bit more than you did last time, whether you're going to do that by adding weight, adding reps, adding sets, decreasing rest time, you're doing a superset, you're doing a drop set, you're doing a rest pause set, like you mentioned, all those intensity techniques, you have to find some way that you can challenge your muscle because if you don't, your muscle is very good at staying the same. It's going to stay the same size. It's going to stay, stay the same strength because it doesn't have, it doesn't have a reason to get bigger or stronger. So that's no matter what level of fitness you're at, you have to progressively overload in some way, shape or form throughout your program. Otherwise you won't make any necessary strength or muscular adaptations or any sort of body composition changes. Yeah, for sure. And I think we've talked about this before, maybe not on podcast, but there are some exercises that are more isolation movements that we don't necessarily need to overload on things like 
lateral raises. Yes, we were just talking about this the other day. <laughs> yeah. And so I think some ways to incorporate maybe some time under tension on those muscles would be to just like do a pause rep at the top and, and then we're, you know, overstimulating those muscles and that's going to help with the growth of those muscles, but we're not focusing on upping the weight on those types of exercises because it's just, there's such a small muscle that it's just not necessary. Yeah. There's so many different ways that you can overload and that's really, you know, why we're here to help. You know, that's, that's what we do is we, we can kind of tweak those little variables and that's what makes it fun. You know, Mm -hmm. with your training, it makes it to where if you're just slightly tweaking things always, and you're always trying to get better, there's always a purpose. Whereas if you're doing the same thing, it's just, it just gets monotonous. So yeah, yeah, like you mentioned Mm -hmm. with those isolation exercises, yeah, you're probably not going to put on 20, 30, 40 pounds of strength on your lateral raise over the course of the year. Whereas with a squat or deadlift or bench press, you have more muscle groups working. So you're going to be able to build more strength and more muscle mass. So just kind of taking a look at what exercise you're doing and the purpose of it. And if you have questions, reach out, let us know. We're, we're definitely here to help any way that we can. Yeah. But I would just start by tracking, making sure you're hitting each muscle group and yeah, progressively, yeah, progressively overlaid. Do not loading. skip legs. No, yes. No, don't skip leg day. <laughs> Do it all. <clears throat> all right. So we've talked about strength training. Let's move on to our next, which is going to be everyone's favorite cardio. Yeah. <laughs> Cardio, hardio. So actually some people enjoy cardio over weight training, so I can't speak that for everyone. Um, But I think it's important to get a good balance of of both and there's benefits to both. So we're going to dive into that. So So with cardio, the the main thing is we want to use it as a tool. And I think a lot of people, again, it's the sustainability factor with cardio. They look at it as oh, I ate a donut, I have to spend an hour on the treadmill because I ate this donut. And yes, cardio is a great way to burn extra calories, but it is just a, it's just an extension or a tool in your toolbox of training. And cardio is going to, yes, it's going to help improve your cardiovascular function. It's going to help improve your VO2 max. It's going to help, depending on what type of cardio you're doing, is going to help improve your aerobic base. And it's going to be help you have more efficient of our cardiovascular system. And there's so many guys out there that just strength train and they don't do their cardio. And that is a huge mistake because by having a more efficient cardiovascular system, not only is it going to help your health and improve that, that system, but it's also going to help in your strength training too. So if you, you're somebody that you love to strength train, but you don't have an efficient cardiovascular system if you're having to take three, four, five minutes in between sets because you can't get your heart rate back down, that's not efficient. You're, you're not being able to be intense with your workouts. It's a huge area of opportunity. So you need cardio in your program. And with all of these categories and all these pillars, this is all going to look different for everybody mm-hmm. based on their individual goals, individual needs, what they're currently doing in their program. But you always need some sort of strength training. You always need some sort of cardio in your program. And you can mix that up into a lot of different categories. And we'll talk about, you know, we can just give an example of three days a week of, of workouts and what that could look like for each individual. And, you know, you might do more, you might do less, that's okay, but you need to have some sort of cardio. So give an example of if someone was doing three days of cardio a week and what, what could that look like for somebody? So I can speak for myself here. So 
for three days a week of cardio, you could do a um, speed and endurance day where you're doing maybe sprints or interval training or far leg training. Um, and then the other two days, one of them could be more of a long run. And then the other one could be more of just an aer- aerobic run. So you're just trying to manage your heart rate, keep that at a good, um, good, low heart rate. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <Thank> so, <you. laughs> and we are, we run a lot, then that's, you know, how we do our form of cardio. It doesn't have to be running. You can do whatever form of cardio that you like, but we love to run. We are going to be going into a half marathon prep soon and we're doing a full marathon this year. So we're running constantly, but main thing is find something that you like. But what Alyssa was talking about is you want to make sure that you have a different blend of different intensities. So you can't just do treadmill sprints or bike sprints or rower sprints or sled pushes every single cardio workout. And it's just this crazy hard high interval because you're only training one system of your, your cardiovascular system. So you have an anaerobic energy system, which is going to be in the absence of oxygen. That's your higher intensity. And then you also have your aerobic aerobic energy system. So most of the time you want, I would say at least 70 to 80% of the time you want to be training aerobically. You want to be training at lower heart rates and it's not easy quote unquote, but it is lower heart rates to help you improve that aerobic energy system and teach your body how to utilize, how to produce energy and really use oxygen to create that, that output. And then the other 20 to 30% of the time you want to have some of that higher intensity. So that's, that's exactly what we do is we have more of our, most of our runs are going to be at longer distances, lower heart rates. And then some of the time we also do some higher intensity where it's going to help improve that VO2 max and improve your anaerobic energy system. So, but that's just for running. There's a lot of different ways you can do rowing. You can walk on a treadmill. You can run on a treadmill. You can bike. You have to find ways that you like to do your cardio, but it definitely needs to be in your program no matter what your goal is because it will have a huge impact on not just body composition but also overall health and progress in the gym. Yeah, and something I wanted to mention too is you can lose weight, yes, by not doing cardio as far as like cardio and weight loss goes. You can lose weight by not doing cardio, but the sacrifice is going to be from calories If you want to implement more cardio, you're able to eat more food. Um, And so my choice is always going to be more food. (laughs) More cardio, more food. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So also, if you're not eating enough and then you're doing extra cardio, you're just putting more stress on your body and your body's just going to hold on to and store that fat that you're actually trying to lose. So sometimes we need to take a step backwards and evaluate maybe where we're at as far as cardio goes. Like Jordan said, constantly doing the sprinting on the treadmill is a really great fat burning source. But if we're just doing that and we're doing that every single day, we're just running the tank down to E every single day. And then if we're on a in a calorie deficit, then we're definitely not getting the progress that we're wanting by over doing our cardio and under eating. So, um, if you're adding in cardio, which I recommend just as far as all the health benefits that Jordan already went over, um, then you can eat more and still lose weight. But if we're not eating and fueling our body properly and 
killing ourselves in cardio, then we're just going to see the opposite effect. So I just want to mention that because that's a common mistake as well. Yeah. I mean, it all comes back to our, our base, the sustainability factor. If you're doing cardio seven days a week, you're doing it for an hour. That is not sustainable. Maybe, yeah, you're dieting for a bodybuilding competition. You have to do that, but you have to realize that that's not sustainable. That's not healthy. No. That's not good for our metabolism to constantly be hammering on it. And also just mentally, it's like, because people get like, oh, I didn't do my cardio today. I'm going to be fat now because I didn't do my cardio. Mm -hmm. Like that mentally is not healthy to get to that spot. So just realize that cardio is a tool. Strength training is a tool and it's just a tool in your toolbox to, to, to achieve your fitness goals, whatever that might be, whether that's to build muscle, build strength, whether that's to lose weight, whether that's just to have functionality, to play with your kids, your grandkids, and be able to do things in your daily life, daily tasks and responsibilities. But these are just tools that need to be in your program and it can look so different for every single person. But no matter who you are, you need to strength train and you also need to do your cardio. You will see dramatic benefits from that. So Yeah, <clears throat> for sure. So I don't know about you, but my goal in life is to to be ready to run from a tiger at any given moment. There's a lot of tigers here in Omaha. And <laughs> you know, I got to I got to have that endurance ready to roll. And then, you know, if he does catch me, I got to be able to beat the crap out of him. Yeah. So I need Buy my strength off. training. That's so. right. No, Just. but really, I mean, you do want to be able to do anything. All the all the efforts and the hard work that we put here in the gym there should be carryover into our daily yeah. life. We should be able to be functional. We should be able to pick up boxes and pick up our kids and grandkids, grandkids and you squat know, go up down. and down the stairs, squat down. We should be able to do these functional movements because of the way that we're taking care of our body in the gym. So there is a lot of carryover and, yeah. uh, yeah, it's the best part about it is it's not just, it's not just a, the way we look in the mirror. It's also thinking long term of, I want to be healthy. I want to move my body. I want to have a lot of quality years, just like we talk about. We want to have a lot of a good health span, not a good, not a long lifespan. We want to be able to be functional yeah. for as long as we can. So you were talking about nutrition. I think that's a great segue right into nutrition. Alyssa yeah. is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to nutrition. So <laughs> about that, she's going to take over a little bit here. It. But uh, yeah, let's talk about the next pillar. So we talked about exercise is a huge pillar, and that's where a lot of people think of first when they're trying to achieve a fitness goal is mm -hmm. what am I going to do for the workout? What does the program look like? But let's talk about, about nutrition next, because that is our second pillar and it is a huge piece of the puzzle and it is a big area of opportunity and let's dive into it. There's so many ways that I could take this right now, but I'm going to start by saying if you're new to fitness or I'm sorry, if you're new to nutrition, the best thing that you can do is just start documenting what you're eating. So it doesn't mean I need to start documenting what I think I should be eating. I want you to actually document what you have been eating. There's a big difference. Yeah. <laughs> There's a big difference huge there. Difference. Um, and then once you're doing that for a couple of weeks, then you can figure out, okay, this is where I'm at realistically on a day to day basis. Now, where can I make some changes? How many calories do I need to cut? Um, and then you start tracking. And if you're not a big tracker, I can tell you it, it's a lot of work to, to start tracking your food. It takes time and dedication and discipline. You can always just start by implementing more protein to each meal. 
in creating balanced meals. So what that's going to look like is making sure you have protein at each meal, a carb source, and then a fat source. And by doing this, it's going to keep you full longer and give you energy longer. And then it's going to not make you have those cravings that you tend to have and and those ups and downs of, you know, crashes. Um, And if we continue to eat every three to four hours throughout the day, this is also going to keep us from going on those binge episodes that we have. If you're somebody who doesn't eat any breakfast and forgets to eat lunch, and then by the time you get home and you're ready to eat dinner and everything else in the pantry, that's a sign typically that you just need to start implementing food regularly regularly every three to four hours. And at first you're not going to be hungry, but once you train your body to do this, you're going to get used to that and your body is actually going to let you know that it's hungry. Yeah. You want your, you want to feel hunger. When you feel hunger, that's your body's way of, of telling you that you have, you have the fire stoked. Your metabolism is revving and, and you want to feel that sense of hunger. If you're somebody that that goes to the day and you don't feel hungry, excluding other factors, maybe you're really stressed or maybe you're taking a medication that's making you nauseous and not hungry. But most of the time, if you're not feeling hungry, that's a good sign of a really low metabolism. So by incorporating strength training and your cardio and your exercise, that's going to help stimulate your, your metabolism and help you build muscle to increase your metabolic rate. But also, like Alyssa mentioned, eating every couple hours, you know, that's not a full meal every single couple hours, but typically the way that we structure our nutrition clients is we have them eat three meals and two snacks. Some people eat three meals and three snacks, but for most people, three meals, two snacks throughout the day, they're going to have their breakfast, their lunch, and their dinner, and they're going to have a mid morning snack. And then we let people choose whether it's a afternoon snack or a post dinner snack before bedtime. And that's a great way that you can can make sure that you're consistently fueling your body because at the end of the day, food is just fuel. And yep. when you look at it that way, there's a lot less anxiety, there's a lot less stress, and there's a lot more understanding of, okay, if I want to reach my fitness goals, I need to fuel my body. If, if I got to drive 300 miles, but I don't put gas in my tank, you're not going to get anywhere. And it's the same exact thing with our, with our fitness you see people constantly under eat. They think that food is bad or they get this stigma of, of black and white where this food is good, this food is bad, and they don't fuel their bodies correctly. And they go and work out and they feel like shit. They feel mm-hmm. they like foggy and they get through 30 minutes of the workout. And like, man, I just don't have energy. I don't know what's up. And it's like, you're not fueling. You're not eating properly. And that's, that's a huge area of opportunity. And I get it because I've looked at food just in an unhealthy way for years. But one of the biggest things that has helped me mentally and emotionally is looking at food to fuel my body. If I want to set myself up for success and I want to have energy throughout the day to do what I love, to um, help people get in the best shape of their life. If I want to have energy to be a husband, be a father, if I want to have energy to have great workouts for my own, I need to make sure that I'm eating enough food. And I think that's something that me and Alyssa both practice ourselves and we know that if we don't feel our bodies properly, we're not going to be able to do those things to the best of our abilities. So look at food as fuel. Yes, there are good food choices and there are quote unquote bad food choices. But if most of the time you're structuring your, your nutrition around whole food sources, 
and 80% of the time you're eating very healthy whole foods, the other 20% is not going to derail your fitness. So nutrition is a huge pillar in your fitness, no matter what your goal is. And most of the time, this time of year, we'll talk about, you know, being in a caloric deficit where people are trying to lose weight, but maybe you have the goal of gaining weight. You, you still should be prioritizing. You definitely should be prioritizing your nutrition because gaining weight and building muscle doesn't come from nowhere. You, you have to fuel your body. You have to give your body a surplus of calories and that's, what's going to help you gain the composition of the weight that you're looking for. So, um, do you think that everyone should track their food? Kind of a loaded question. No. Okay. Dive into that. Yeah. So there's a couple other things I want to mention too, with what you said that I don't want to forget, but no, I do not because it can actually cause more stress for some people. And then when we're adding more stress to the plate, like I talked about with the cardio, you know, when we're adding more stress to your plate, this can actually cause your body to hold on and store body fat. So we want to eliminate stress. And when people are new to working out and new to nutrition, and we're throwing so many things at them at once, it can be really overwhelming. And it's going to cause people to want to give up. So that's why I mentioned in the beginning, just starting by implementing, making sure you're getting enough protein every day. So we typically recommend 0.8 grams to one gram per body weight of protein. And the reason for this too, is because like I said too, it's going to help you stay full longer, but it's also going to help you with your recovery. So if I have a client that comes in and says, I'm really, really, really sore, I'm like, okay, we didn't do anything too crazy yesterday day that would or normally stimulate that to happen because you shouldn't be sore every single day after every single workout. If you're getting enough nutrients and adding in enough protein to your diet, this should help with the recovery side of things. So step one would be just making sure that you're getting in, in enough protein and getting in enough water. So water, I always say half your body weight in ounces and that's like minimum. Um, and then, so protein, water, and then on top of that, we just want to make sure we're getting in a balance of whole foods. So, you know, that's going to be things like fruits and vegetables, anything that's not packaged, the less processed, and just focusing on things like that at first. And then if you're like, okay, I can do this, then you can maybe dive into the tracking side of things. But yeah. there's levels that just like with fitness, you know, you start in the gym and don't really know what you're doing or you're not super strong and then you build up and then you're able to do new movements and new exercises or more, more progressed versions of, of fitness. Your nutrition is the same way where you, most of the time you're starting off working out. I think this is where people go wrong. They start off in the new year and have these resolutions or even if it's not the new year, they start off, I'm going to lose this weight or I'm going to gain this muscle and they try and do the perfect workout, the perfect nutrition it's all strict. It's not sustainable. And I think that's where people go wrong is they try to start too many things at one time. And nutrition is one of those things where you can clean up and take care of a lot of, a lot of the bad quote unquote bad really quickly by just following those three guidelines that you gave right there. Yeah. If you are starting a workout program, focus on that and get to the point where like Alyssa said, you're eating 0.8 to one gram of protein per pound of body weight. So if someone is 200 pounds, just an example here, 
they need to eat bare minimum 140 grams of protein up to 200 grams of protein throughout the day. If you can do that, if that 200 pound individual can drink hundred ounces of water and that 200 pound individual can eat two to three servings of vegetables and one to two servings of fruit every day, that's going to take care of a lot of, a lot of the, the tracking, the food tracking in the background. And if you are getting consistent workouts and you're being consistent with that, then you can take it to the next level of maybe you want to track or maybe you want to loosely track, or maybe you really want to dive in and, and really track your macros and, and see a lot of quick progress and, and that's something that you want to get into. Or maybe you don't. Maybe you're like, I'm seeing good progress on this. I feel good. I feel healthy, both physically and mentally. And that's perfectly fine. You know, nutrition is is one of those things where it can be very frustrating if you're you're tracking every calorie, you're being over obsessive with it. I I've been there for years and years. We both have, and you know, it's something that you have to be really careful with. So I also agree. I don't think everybody should track. I think it's good to maybe track for a couple of days, mm-hmm. maybe in a see journal and at. see where you're at. And, but I'm not saying that you have to track your food every day for the rest of your life. That's, that's not a way to live. So yeah. I think that's, I also agree. I think that tracking is one of the thing, one of those things where you almost have to qualify to be ready to track your macros in my opinion. Yeah. Which is kind of what I was wanting to say earlier is just educating yourself. So if you are serious about getting into your nutrition, you know, we have clients that come in here and, and they're like dead serious that they think they're eating enough protein and in their eyes, protein comes from peanut butter. Protein comes from a whole egg, but in reality, those have lots of fats in them and, and minimal protein. So educate yourself and learn, okay, where can I get protein from? And that's going to come like, there's different categories of protein. So we have like a lean protein, a protein that has some fats in it. Like I was talking about the egg and I'm not saying those foods are bad. I'm just saying you need to educate yourself in order to figure out if you're actually getting enough protein. Yeah, for sure. That's, there's so many ways that we could go with this with nutrition. Yeah. But the main thing, if we could give you any advice, if you're just starting off or you're getting back into tracking your food or getting back into prioritizing your health is 80% of the time, structure your food around whole food sources, lean proteins. So things like chicken, turkey, lean ground beef, egg whites, um, egg whites. Those are really good, you know, fish. Those are really good sources of protein that you can structure around each meal and each snack. You can even use things like cottage cheese, Greek yogurts, protein powders as an extension of your diet to get to the amount of protein that you need throughout the day. Yeah. And but don't live off of those. Yeah, yeah. Don't live off them. Yeah. Easier said than done. But main thing is 80% of the time structure food around whole food sources and you're going to see good progress in the gym and don't overwhelm yourself in the beginning if you're starting out or trying to get back to prioritizing your health with too many things at once. These are three pillars, but again, it's all built on the base of sustainability. So if you're doing things that feel overwhelming or not sustainable, I would urge you to find a way that you can maybe cut back on, on whatever it is that you're doing that's stressing you out to a compromise of something that's going to be still provide progress and still provide health benefits and body composition benefits, but it's something that is not going to derail your fitness to where you have to take six, nine, 12 months, five years off because 
that's not good that we don't want to have to take that time off. And it happens, you know, how many people start and restart their fitness throughout their life. I was just talking to one of my clients yesterday. Um, and he talked about, this is something where I had a 5am group class on January 1st. So after new year's Eve and he showed up and he was like, you know, this year is so much different from last year. I, I was last year staying out late and drinking and, and like, how late are we going to stay out? That was the thought. And he's like, this year it was like, how early am I going to go to bed? You know, I got to wake up and work out in the morning and start my year off. Right. And that was pretty cool to hear because it is just, you want to sustain this. And he, he had talked about how he had had so many gaps throughout his life where he started his fitness and not continued it. And he's, and he talked about how he really feels like he's in a good spot where he enjoys the group workouts that we do here. He likes that accountability factor, the community factor. And he feels like this is something that is really healthy and sustainable for him. And that's, that's really cool to hear because that's the goal is whatever capacity, you know, you're listening, following us, know us, we want to help you sustain your fitness. And we want to help you incorporate this into your life, not just for a month, not just for two months, not for a year, but over the course of your life. So kind of got on a, on a tangent there, but make sure that your pillars are sustainable. Your exercise and your nutrition is sustainable. Otherwise it will not last. And you're going to be taking six, nine, 12 months off. And then you're just restarting from, from, uh, from the chalkboard. So yeah. Also, um, something that is kind of goes backwards a little bit, but I wanted to mention that I think people, when they think of getting into their goals and their new year's resolution and they think of fitness and, um, is they, they automatically think like, okay, I need the newest watch and I need the newest shoes and I need the newest supplements and the best supplements out there, the fat burner and, those types of things. But honestly, those things are just added extras that, that may help you, but they're not necessary. Like Jordan mentioned, protein powder is great because it's going to help you reach your protein goal. But you know, the other supplements out there, like the fat burner and things like that, those are not necessary. So just start by, by getting in the door. Like that's all it takes. And then once you've developed that habit, then you can start looking at, Oh, okay. I have made it to the gym for two months now. I'm going to give myself a watch now. Okay. I've made it past another, you know, four months. Now I'm going to buy a new pair of shoes. Like treat yourself with those things instead of thinking in order to start my goal, I have to have all of these things. Educate yourself figure out what is necessary and what is worth the investment. Yeah. So I love that. That's a huge way to motivate yourself where if you are somebody that, okay, I'm going to start working out, but I don't stay with it. Work out for a month before you go buy a new pair of shoes. Like make sure, make sure that you earn it because it's a great motivator as much as we want to say that we're not motivated things. We are, you know, that's guilty. Most people are are motivated by things. So, or maybe it's a watch or maybe it's a pair, you know, a gym outfit that you get from (laughs) fitgrindapparel.com. Subtle plug. (laughs) But no, but seriously, it's a great way to motivate yourself and a great way to, to keep yourself accountable and keep yourself going because that's what you have to look for. Any way that you can keep going, whether that's a, a, um, community that you're joining or 
even just yourself, you're trying to beat what you did last time. Any way that you can motivate yourself is, is super helpful. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So diving into our third pillar. So our third and final pillar is going to be recovery. So if you are doing the best workout in the world and you are spot on with your nutrition, but you are not recovering, that is a huge area of opportunity. And that will literally make the first two pillars not mean anything, or it's going to make it very frustrating because it's, it's going to slow down your progress. No matter what your goal is, it's going to drastically slow down your progress. So let's talk about recovery. Let's talk about the importance of it. What is recovery? What are some things that we can do to properly recover and Let's really dive into our third pillar. There's so many areas of opportunity for recovery, especially nowadays. It's like the hot topic. Um, a couple things that I am wanting to dive into deeper this year. It's actually on my vision board is yoga. So yoga and stretching. I love all of that stuff. I love mobility, flexibility. You guys know this, but Um, yoga, especially, um, getting down the breathing and focusing on getting deeper into stretching is going to help with recovery. And then we also have things like we just talked about food. That's obviously something that's going to help with recovery. Then we have things like the sauna. Um, and then, you know, cold plunges are super popular right now. These are things I haven't haven't done yet because I don't have access to these things, but I'm kind of curious about, about trying these things. Jordan and I have a hypervolt. We love that. So whenever we are feeling tight in specific areas, we'll hypervolt each other. We have a massage therapist that we go to. Um, so those are just like a couple tools in your toolbox, like you mentioned before. Um, and I am going to experiment some of those myself this year because I'm curious. I know red light therapy is another popular one. So mainly just giving your body the rest and recovery that it needs is something that a lot of people don't understand in this society, in this world today, because we live in a world where it's like, go, go, go. And I mean, even like eating, we're constantly like eating on the go. When we should be sitting down and chewing our food and enjoying the food in the moment. You know, I think if we slow down and, and take a deep breath and, and that's why yoga is one that I want to work on. If we slow down and, and take a deep breath and let our bodies and our minds like get in this rest and recovery, then we have more energy to exert into the next workout. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, when we're working out, we are breaking down our body. So when we go to the gym and we work out, we're breaking down muscle tissue. We're breaking our body down. It's that 24 to 72 hours after the workout where we recover and we rebuild muscle tissue. And how we're going to do that is through all the factors that we've talked about. And one thing that is huge is, is sleep. So, and this is, I would say that this pillar, this recovery pillar is the biggest area of of opportunity for myself. And I think that a lot of times with people, we think that, okay, if we have busy schedules, busy things to do in our life, we're going to pull from our sleep to where, oh, I have to get up early. I'll sacrifice an hour or two of my sleep to do it. So, and I'm guilty of this myself and making sure that you're getting enough sleep is crucial to not only just recovering from your workouts, but your health in general and bare minimum, 
we should be aiming to get at least six hours of sleep every single night. Now that is on the low end of the, of the spectrum. Ideally, if you're looking to optimize your recovery, optimize your health, you need to be getting seven to eight hours of sleep every night. That's just going to help you not only function better mentally and have more mental clarity, but it's going to help you put more energy and effort into your workouts. It's going to help you recover from workout to workout. It's going to help you improve your fitness and your overall health. And that's one area of opportunity that a lot of people can improve on, or a lot of people can improve their sleep by doing a couple of these factors that I'm going to talk about next. One is limiting alcohol consumption before bed. So you might think that, you know, drinking your nightcap before bed is, is actually improving your sleep, but it's actually not. You're getting less quality sleep when you drink alcohol before bed. So if you're somebody that has a couple drinks before bed every night and you're waking up feeling like trash and you're like, man, I'm just, I'm just not recovering or I'm just not feeling my hundred percent best self. I promise you that if you can take that out, you're going to feel a lot better because you're going to get more restful sleep every night and you're just going to feel, feel better from that. Um, another thing that I could say, and this is something that can help with limiting the amount of times that you go to the bathroom is start to taper down your water as it's a couple hours out from bedtime to where you're not drinking a lot of water before bed so that you're not getting up a couple times throughout the night. Because that's something where if you're getting up two or three times to go to the bathroom every single night, that's interrupting your sleep. And that's the, that's the possibility of not being able to fall back asleep and really impairing the amount of sleep that you're getting. So that's those are two big things that you can do very, very low hanging fruit things, but those are two things that you can do to, to really help improve your sleep and the quality of your sleep. Yeah, for sure. And another one that I want to add to that is making sure that you're not like going on binge eating at night, because especially if you're eating things like candy and we're all guilty of these things, like I'm not trying to call you out specifically anyone out there, but going and eating a bunch of candy and sugar, all you're going to do is spike up your glucose and you're going to like, you know, hit this crash and then you're going to wake up in the middle of the night and, and be hungry. You know, have you ever woken up in the middle of the night and you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm super hungry. Um, I know I have, especially if you're getting up and going to the bathroom and you know, you're, you're waking up and feeling hungry. So making sure that you're eating a good quality protein source before you go to bed that's going to keep you full and satiated longer yeah for sure that's that's one huge thing um back to what you were talking about with kind of recovery techniques big area of opportunity for not only myself but for a lot of people is incorporating more stretching so i like that idea of doing yoga that's cool i think that's a good way to improve recovery and just structure it to where Mm -hmm. a lot of times people like yeah i'll stretch but then it never happens so but stretching the way that we like to do it, we like to always do a really thorough dynamic warm-up yes. where it's more dynamic movements. So we're moving through stretches. I'm guilty of not doing as much static stuff. That's that's an area of opportunity where I definitely need to incorporate it after the workouts. Um, even if it's just five or 10 minutes, I think that's a huge area of opportunity for myself. Um, another great way that you talked about, we use a hypervolt, which is a massage gun that you can help get some myofascial release. And that's just going to help with blood flow. It's going to help with um, breaking up the muscle tissue a little bit and just promoting recovery to mm-hmm. some sore muscles. If you don't have a hypervolt, that's perfectly fine. You can literally get a foam roller yep. or, or you can literally ball. get a $3 lacrosse ball. Yeah. It's going to work just as good. It's going to hurt. It's not going to be super fun, but by doing that, when we, when we contract our muscle tissue, when we're, we're lifting and working out, 
you that muscle can get very wound up tight you can get knots so just breaking normal. that muscle tissue up and getting some some blood flow into it is going to help promote recovery and you'll be amazed at what a little hypervolt foam roller lacrosse ball 15 20 minute session will do it'll really help promote your recovery especially if you're you're new or if you're really trying to push the envelope of your fitness and you're doing new things you're going to be sore you're going to have some delayed onset of, of muscle soreness so you want to make sure that you're managing that by your recovery techniques that you're doing. You also mentioned cold plunges and saunas. Yeah. Those are great if you have access to it. Um, a cold plunge or an ice bath is going to restrict blood flow to those muscles. It's going to bring it into the heart. And then when you get out of that cold plunge, there's going to be an over abundance of blood that gets back to the working muscles. Um, another way that you know your saunas are going to work just to help promote recovery. So just looking for any way that you can increase those, those techniques and become consistent with it to where you're doing that consistently by stretching your myofascial release work. If you're doing cold plunges or whatever you're doing, I'm definitely guilty of not stretching consistently. So that is a huge area of opportunity for myself. Yeah. The sauna too, like Jordan was talking about, if you're drinking alcohol, it's going to help you get rid of those toxins, especially over the holidays. Like I know we've eaten a lot of food and things that we don't typically eat. It's just going to help you get rid of some of those toxins and, and same with a massage. So I know when I get a massage done, I typically feel like I have all this drainage in my nose and in my head. And it's because all of those toxins are trying to escape out of your body. So it's good to keep up with that stuff too. Yeah. I think that these three pillars are a great start to getting you into your fitness and New Year's resolution goals. So I hope that you can utilize this information that we provided today. Yeah. These are, these are three pillars that no matter where you're at in your fitness journey that you can utilize to make sure that you're optimizing your fitness. So your strength training, you're doing your cardio, you're looking for areas of opportunity with your nutrition and making sure that you're prioritizing that. And then also you're not skipping out on recovery. If you can optimize all three of those pillars and build it on a foundation of sustainability, you will reach your fitness goals. Because if you're doing everything that you need to be doing and it's sustainable and you can do that for three, for three months, for six months, for nine months, for a year, for five years, for 10 years, think of all the progress that you could make over the next 10 years of being consistent in the gym and just consistently doing good, solid work. So just use these three pillars as, as a foundation for your fitness and you can reach every fitness goal that you, you can ever dream of. So hope you guys enjoyed the podcast today. This is episode six of the grind sleep repeat podcast. Thanks for tuning in guys. And we will see you guys in the next episode.